This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. You know that you learn those things, Ramia, that um, really make up our office politics, our office etiquette, all those different things to say, not to say, to do. And I remember when I started to work, I, I had to remember, okay, what do I know? What don't I know? What have I heard? What's factual? Who can I trust to tell me? It's walking a fine line there, Kelly. Mm. No, don't do that. Don't say it. Because being in the disabled world, a lot of time, many of us get our first office gig, our first work gig later. Mm-hmm. And the expectation is, well, you know how to behave around an office. No, Not I just really. came out of college. You just did what? Yep. Well, you're 40 years old or whatever it might <laughs> be. Well, this is my first experience. I'm sorry. Forgive me. And and it's so important. And you so hope you're lucky enough to kind of have a manager or a, that, that person at the other desk that says, hey, bud, yeah, yeah. don't do that. Oh, okay. Or just to have more open conversations about these things to begin with. Oh, for sure. And by the way, they call them mature student now, okay? You can't judge us for being in school at 40. Come on. Uh, but yeah, you're right. As the work world continues to rapidly change, um, many of us are reporting now that we could use some training, some conversations, some upgrading of office etiquette. And this is so that we can avoid some mistakes. And we want to talk more about all of this. It's a very uh, broad conversation with Derek Wood. And he's here from Robert Half. He's going to share some of that research that Robert Half has been conducting around office etiquette, repairing etiquette blunders, and fitting in in an office culture and environment. Derek, nice to have you on the show. Good to be here. So which generations are most concerned about this or feel like they need the most training around office etiquette? Is this even a fair question to ask? Yeah, I mean, according to the study, um, the generation is Gen Z that is sort of most interested in getting some training on office etiquette because that's the generation that has uh, maybe been in the office the least amount of time. And with the pandemic over the last few years, I haven't been in the workplace uh, working a lot from home. So, uh, yeah, we found that it's at 88% of Gen Z would be very open to getting some training on office etiquette. But, uh, you know, 68% would say they would take training across the board, but uh, that's led by Gen Z. Yeah. It's interesting because we had a conversation, I think, with Michael um, about how people feel uh, in that same uh, generation really of people who say I want to be in the office more time because I need to learn from you over there and you over there um, these are what I'm missing working from home and how that isn't as interesting uh, to me and that's what we we kind of heard so do you yourself think the need for office etiquette is shifting or will shift very soon and if so why I mean, I think what we've been seeing for sure is that more people are coming in the office. Um, And so I think it is definitely going to force the topic on people uh, if they don't come to their own conclusion. Because, yeah, when you're having a bunch of people working together in one room, uh, it can have implications for, you know, productivity and morale and, and culture of the team and things like that. So I think people need to sort of understand the etiquette in their own office, which can vary um, based on on organizations. But the things that people are struggling with are, you know, what is business casual? Um, And I think the biggest 
frustration, according to the study, is one, people talking too loud and uh, gossiping. Well, we're gone. Gossiping. We talk way too loud, man, that's for sure. But Derek, but what, what do you feel? So if those are kind of the gossip, the talking too loud, are we feeling that it's the people around us that are the, that get bothered? Is it the management that, that says these are the things that are really bothersome? And anything else that was point to regarding the office etiquette, you know, the person that doesn't have the indoor voice, host Kelly and Rumya? I mean, so how to, to – I think what the important part is – clearly communicating with your in your office with through whether that's through managers uh, through employee handbooks if you know for a larger organization for reference but setting clear expectations of what is expected and for those that are maybe stepping on some toes or or, or crossing some lines there i think that's just you know about having private conversations with those people um to to talk about their behaviors and the implications that it's having because i think sometimes it's people it's innocent enough that yeah. yeah they don't know they don't yeah they don't and, realize uh, and it's hard to talk to them i would imagine too sometimes because people get in that well i don't want to overstep the boundary and you know whether you're in hr or just a coworker, am i going to then find out well you insulted your coworker by telling them they're too darn right. loud and and i think we get scared i i don't disagree with that i i think it, it's it's it is a delicate topic, mm. but I think it's important to have those conversations and that sure. there's, a, there's a safe way for people to identify things that are problematic in the workplace. And then, the, like I said, the, the conversations with that individual could be, you know, a one-on-one conversation to, uh, to help them through it and, and outline those things. And hopefully just highlighting it sometimes can change the behavior and then therefore have a different impact uh, in the office. And if they don't, I mean, I think those are the ones you get in the situations where you want to have HR involved and be documenting uh, those behaviors that are problematic so that, um, you know, you can manage that person's performance or behavior in the office. Right, right. And it's interesting, too, because a lot of these things, um, feelings that people have or notes that you've been able to gather from the research might be stuff that we're all thinking of, but no one's communicating, right? Because it's just not normal or wasn't normal for a really long time to do that, especially uh, office or corporate, that kind of thing. But I'm curious about what's coming up especially around meetings. Uh, Meetings and the landscape of meetings have changed so drastically because of virtual, because of hybrid, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, I think companies, the ones that go in office more, because some companies are going in five days a week now, others are, you know, it's hybrid. Um, But even with virtual meetings, I think people have to be careful that they're not getting too lax on Oh, it's only a virtual meeting. Uh, that's, I mean, that's another pet peeve that we from this study is, you know, people showing up late for virtual meetings or in person, um, not being prepared for meetings, um, you know, talking over people or ta- being a dominant voice throughout a meeting. So I think companies need to figure out where they are with hybrid versus in office and then establish clear guidelines of expectation for staff as to what is acceptable so that they're, you know, people aren't being other people aren't being frustrated by the behaviors of people that maybe don't know better or um, right. or should know better in some cases. But I think it's a lot of this comes down to clear communication from an employer as to what's expected. And that, that means the managers meet, maybe need to have some hard conversations with folks um, to, to make sure that people are on the same page. Okay. So, Derek, what did we find out about Business casual office attire and and, and that Mm -hmm. kind of thing of what people feel about that when it comes to the etiquette these days. 
Yeah, it's I mean, it's it's an interesting topic and it's 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 another one that can be a sensitive topic for sure. Um, I think it's important for people to, you know, to bring your personality uh, to work. I think that's important. It's just with, um, you know, with consideration for the environment you're in. And I think business casual, the reality is it means different things for different companies. For some folks, uh, you know, if it's a tech startup, for example, jeans might be completely appropriate um, as business casual. In a more um, corporate or formal environment, that that may be a little too casual. So I think it's about understanding, um, taking in, you know, what, what are your peers doing is a good benchmark as to uh you know if you're if you don't know it all talk to your manager about maybe what would be acceptable but i, I think the study showed that people agree 68 percent to the tune that things have gotten more casual over the last few years so there has been a natural move to more casual but i think you still have to calibrate with the environment you're in to make sure um you know it's 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 appropriate there, you know there's some things that you know if it's a big branded t-shirt with you know, something maybe offensive or whatever. I mean, mm. that's going to be problematic in pretty much any environment. Um, you know, so there's some things you just, you, you want to stay away from. Uh, it's different than when you're at home, right? You got the pajama bottoms on and maybe a nice <laughs> shirt. Um, that's not going to fly in a, in any casual business, casual environments I'm familiar with. But um, If we're now becoming aware <laughs> through this conversation about maybe some of these blunders, some of these uh, challenges that we might have for office etiquette, or, you know, you feel like you're put in a position uh, as management or as uh, for leadership that you need to bring up some of these things that are going on, how do we go back from that place? Like, how do we improve from where we are now or overcome some of the errors and blunders that have taken part in the past just because of awareness? Because that's another thing, right? This insecurity that, oh, no, now I'm the office blank, whatever it may be. Mm. So how, how do we sort of overcome the challenge mm. of people kind of navigating through that? Again, I'm a, I'm a big promoter of of clear communication. And I, and I think you can't go wrong in, in a company where, you know, you're communicating to folks if they are, you know, they're stepping over the, the boundaries. And I think to, to protect the culture of your office, um, you have to be, have the courage to, as a leader, as a manager to, 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 to call people out. And again, in private, um, th that's an appropriate form that you would do on a one-on-one -on -one meeting. But I think you, ha you have to make those choices in order to, um, have the culture that you want so that everyone is comfortable um, and the clearer you set those expectations with people and then hold people accountable for it, I think the better you, you're able to, to execute on what that office etiquette uh, and vision looks like. But I think it is going to be tricky. Yeah, with more people yeah. going in the office and, and, and more people that haven't been in an office for quite some time, um, it's, it's looking at your environment, be observant, talk to your managers if you have questions, and for managers to just be really clear if, if people are not, you know, wearing or saying or attending meetings the way they should or talking too loud or gossiping all the time, um, you have to protect your office culture. And, and that requires calling people out on those things in, in the appropriate professional manner. That's why, that's why I work from home. I gossip too much so they don't want me in there. Um, <laughs> the easiest way to solve the problem, right? Uh, but of course, that's my plan. Uh, Derek, uh, what I'm kind of wondering is something that 
we we try very hard to be inclusive. We try to respect especially any accessible um, needs that a person has. Some things such as the, the scent one is the one that really has me puzzled in a lot of ways. Um, we may say, guys, we're a scent-free environment. Watch your deodorants, watch your colognes, body washes, whatever it might be very distinct mm -hmm. and may aggravate or bother someone else. And then someone receives flowers or something like that. Um, and mm -hmm. of course, you don't want to be that, hey, uh, have we come to a, a time where are people better than navigating? Did you have any conversations through this that brought those kinds of things up? Does I go, we go back to it depends on a company's decision and their stance on on certain things. Um, are they going to be hard-nosed? Like, guys, we said no sense, you know, sorry, uh, but you'll have to get those flowers, uh, run them home on lunchtime or something like that. How are we navigating mm -hmm. those kinds of things? I mean, this is sort of a general comment, but I, I do think that we, we being sort of just office culture, I think um, are, are more tolerant and, and I think people are more open to sensitivities, which is a good thing. Um, you know, I, I think we've seen that with clients um, in our business and, and in offices where if people do have sensitivities to, to sense, um, you know, there's communication to the people that are going to be uh, in that office to say, hey, here's something that, you know, without calling anyone out, but that this is this is something that, you know, we have people with sensitivities. So you need to be uh, cognizant of that. And then usually what happens if you have good open communication, someone where's a scent that's problematic, um, you know, that that's bubbled up in the appropriate forums. And then someone has a, a conversation to say, hey, just a reminder that there's some sensitivities here. I think that's all you can really do is you try to promote an office culture that is accepting of, of different viewpoints and, and uh, different sensitivities. And then you, you try to get everyone to, to sort of work towards that end goal uh, in, in working in unison and harmony and, and you know, be productive together. So I think it's, a, again, I, I would come back to a couple key points, which is communicate clearly what you want to have happen. You know, promote a culture of kindness and inclusiveness and um, openness so that when there are challenges that people feel comfortable bringing those forward and that um, you can address them and uh, and kind of go from there but i do to your original question do i you know where do i think we're going i think it's i think the, the workplace has improved in my personal opinion fr from right. that viewpoint of of allowing for different views and sensitivities you know and and trying to create that and accept that from all Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, it's definitely different, uh, not different, but progressive now because we're having more transparent conversations about everything, right? Like transparency itself mm -hmm. has become such a broader theme uh, around whether it be disability, which Kelly and I have lived experiences with, and or, you know, these changes in environment, changes in workforce because of the pandemic and everything else that came mm -hmm. into play because of that. But your, you know, constant um, theme of uh, clear and direct communication is is definitely a work in progress. Derek, thank you so much. Mm -hmm. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Always fun talking to you guys from Robert Half. It's a learning uh, experience every time you come on. Robert, or sorry, Derek Wood with Robert Half, and we were talking about their latest uh, research around office etiquette and how to come back from some of these office blunders or social blunders that we may experience. And Robert Half check-ins happen at least once a month here on Kelly and Ramia.
so much to take in there, especially those of us like we talked about off the top that may not have ever had that experience of being in there. We will step aside. And when we return in two minutes, folks, we wrap up the show. We'll take a look and see what the gang over at Now with Dave Brown's uh, doing tomorrow. Rummy's got that info for us. And our closing moment and preview our show. Stand by. We'll be back with more of Kelly and Ramya after this short break. Hi, I'm Ramya Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.